Choose Recovery is a lifestyle apparel brand. Spreading awareness and hope for addiction recovery. We emphasize following God, rewriting your story, never giving up, making a difference. Bringing hope and awareness from real people. This is the Choose Recovery Podcast. Hey, okay, so wanted to jump in here and share my story on the podcast for this episode today. As you guys know, Choose Recovery Podcast, we've started as the brand for apparel and just to share stories and hope and awareness and just lessons along the way as we're building the brand and seeking to see God use it as he already has to make a difference in people's lives. And so you've heard some of the stories already, maybe just search through the podcast feed and hear some of the others that have already been uh, uploaded and posted, then you hear more in the future as well. So like you guys know already, my name is Derek, Derek Black, and started Choose Recovery back in 2019 after my family and I were away on a trip and just really felt uh, a lot of ideas that we were bouncing around and my wife and my, both of us on our, in our heads, <laughs> just thinking some crazy ideas that we were mulling around and um, her idea, and I haven't talked much about this, uh, but her thing that she had on her heart was to start a bake shop which she is doing as well. And we'll have to do another episode just kind of revolving around that and and talk through that. It's really neat as well, relating somewhat to recovery too. So a little teaser on that. We'll throw together an episode probably at some point for that. And then, of course, for me to start the apparel company, which became known as Choose Recovery. Well, even before that, just want to fill you in with, with my story. So let's see, I was... Uh, as you know, we're also based up here in Alaska, but I was not born and raised up here. I grew up down in the Midwest and born down in Missouri, but raised pretty much my whole life, uh, my upbringing anyway, in Illinois, suburbs of Chicago. And so that was my stomping grounds. So we were part of a religious family, a family that regularly participated in church and all of that. And I have a lot of good memories from that. And then and then some um, not as good memories from that. Like my, my family was awesome. My family upbringing was awesome. Uh, the church environment that we were in, just looking back now on things that I've gone through in my journey, uh, it was really a, a super conservative, um, some would call it a legalistic type upbringing that just placed a very high emphasis on like rules, regulations, like what you could do, what you couldn't do, what you could wear, what you weren't supposed to wear, like all this type of stuff. And like people looked down on one another and judged each other in various ways, like when you didn't measure up. And one of the, the other unfortunate things that just ended up being an issue, jading a lot of people, and that I wrestled through for, for years too, uh, is just a measure of, now hear me out when I say this, a measure of hypocrisy. Now I understand that all of us struggle with hypocrisy in one form or another, right? Like we say we believe something and then we live a different way. But this is more of a systemic, um, ongoing type hypocrisy. Um, and it was done in a way that also became very unloving and judgmental. And here's what I mean by that. When when anybody would come out public with a, with a problem uh, or some sort of a, a failure, moral failure, addiction or whatever was exposed, um, that particular person was like kicked out of the church. 
And there's a lot more to all those things that I could share and more, I'm sure, that behind the scenes stuff that I don't even know about that took place in those situations. But the message that was communicated loud and clear ended up being um, basically if you have problems to keep it to yourself because if anybody came out public with any of those issues, then they were just kicked out of the church. So it just created this facade, this fakeness, this uh, mentality and, and lifestyle where people weren't real. They weren't genuine. They weren't authentic. And when they had problems, they couldn't be real, genuine, and authentic. And so everybody just put on the fake plastic smiles and did the religious thing. So that's the environment that I grew up in and church-wise and spiritual spirituality-wise and that sort of thing. Well, earlier in my in my journey through uh, my upbringing in like third, fourth grade, somewhere along that time period, I was exposed to pornography for the first time. And I still remember like visually that, that day and where it was. It's just weird how those moments like that just kind of stick out in your mind. It was on the playground, um, out some kid, you know, found this thing that everyone's snickering, a, a magazine type thing. And anyway, and, and I remember like ebbing and flowing kind of after that in and out of of that, what became a struggle and what became uh, an addiction, right? And I wouldn't have even had really the idea of how to term it, what to call it at that point, but but that's what it became. Uh, and, and ironically, as I was growing up in this um, religious upbringing in this church as a part of this private Christian school as well, and through that private Christian school experience, um, I had given earlier in my life um, my life to, to Jesus, made a decision to follow Jesus by faith. Um, so I was told at like a young age of six, now, I don't really remember that a whole bunch. Uh, but what I do remember is later on, even though this church upbringing had a lot of negatives that I mentioned, they did teach the Bible in, in like the core teaching of what it means to follow Jesus by faith for salvation. Kind of went off the rails in some other areas. But uh, I remember somewhere around like 12, 13 years of age, understanding and hearing uh, that you could know that you have like salvation. You could know that your sins are forgiven. You could know that when you die, you go to heaven and not hell. And man, before that time, I just had so much doubting around that. So I ended up, remember, praying the prayer, so to speak, a prayer to be saved like 687 times just in case I didn't mean it yesterday type of thing. And so right around that age, 10, 12, 13, I heard that, you know, dang, you could have significant, I mean, you could have, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Assurance, confidence that that you're saved, that you have a relationship with God and that you're going to go to heaven someday through your faith in Jesus. And I remember just telling God, like, man, I know I'm a sinner and I know that Jesus died on the cross for my sins and rose from the dead and I want to follow you. So like, help me not doubt that. And so by God's grace, since that time, I haven't, I haven't doubted like my standing before God and in my spiritual condition before him. Um, and then through through high school at this Christian school and this youth group um, that my church had and everything, uh, God was also speaking to me through, during this time about serving him doing like ministry stuff. And these are all building blocks that I'm telling you in my story of what God was piecing together, but showing me like what he was gonna do in the future, I, I believe. Like, and I hated to talk in front of people I thought, man, I'd never do what I'm doing today. 
Um, besides running Choose Recovery today, I'm also a pastor of a recovery church, and I also oversee uh, discipleship counseling type ministry at uh, sober transitional uh, living homes in our community. But back then, I could have never imagined me doing that. And uh, anyway, but I, I, God was like slowly inching me along this way. And uh, I loved things that went fast. Man, I, I loved racing, uh, NASCAR, that kind of thing, as well as airplanes, jets, helicopters, all that. And I learned that, okay, sweet, like I could be like mission work stuff in another country and I could fly airplanes or fly helicopters and go do humanitarian aid, outreach, and servicing like missionaries that are doing church work in places. And so I'm like, okay, sweet, I can do that. And so I went off to Bible college um, and my wife and I, uh, she came into the picture during high school and we started dating during our last month of our senior year together, went to the same Bible college together and were married after I graduated. Um, but during all of that time, and by the way, during college, during this Bible college um, experience that both of us were at, uh, she pursued a nursing degree and I pursued missions aviation, so flying. But God eventually just continued working in my heart to show me that he didn't just want me to fly. Like I got all my ratings and I started flying and I got experience flying up in Alaska on trips, short-term mission trip stuff. But he started just giving me a heart for um, doing more people-oriented ministry. So teaching and talking and counseling and those sorts of things. And ironically, during all of that time, right, from high school, ironically through Bible college and when I went back to uh, seminary or graduate school to get my master's in biblical counseling to work eventually up in Alaska after my wife and I were married, um, I, I had fallen back into like ebbing and flowing that I mentioned earlier into the pornography. And that's when it really became uh, an addiction for me, a closet addiction that just held captive in my life. And it would even come in and out of seasons, but man, it just, it was there. And I ended up just remembering times where I would binge on it uh, multiple evenings of the week, like all night long, and just tried to fake it till you make it kind of thing so no one else would know and uh, play the good Christian part, you know, like I, I, I basically was being super hypocritical in what I had been jaded against in my uh, upbringing. Uh, and then like living that out on a practical everyday scale, uh, even with... Um, my relationship with my wife at that point before we were married and after we were married and and uh, realizing different times that I'd confessed to her those things. And she was super gracious, super, super gracious, good grief. So thankful for her and her influence in my life to walk with me through all that. Um, but there were moments that I, I you know, I, I, I didn't level in the direct, in the, the, the amount that I should have with her, didn't know how to reach out for help thought like, man, in the the surroundings that we were still in at that point, like if I reach out for help, I'm going to get kicked out. So like, I didn't know who to reach out to. So this went on for, for a few years. And I just remember basically reaching out to every single like sermon that I could get my hands on, every single like podcast that I could listen to, um, and any book that I found on the subject, because for my experience anyway, there's just, you didn't hear about addiction, sexual struggles, pornography, 
masturbation, those sorts of things. You just didn't hear that stuff talked about at all among Christian circles and churches. It just was like too taboo, right? And so like anytime I found like any sort of resource that would talk about that, especially like any sort of Christian resource to talk about that, like I just, boom, just feast on that and, and learn everything there was. And God was slowly stepping me along the way just to show me that, you know what, I came to love people and to set people free and to die on the cross for any sin. And he showed me some things about some lies and insecurities that I was believing in my heart at the root, at the core that was leading me down this road. And a lot of this just started to click over time. And when I really realized that, you know, dang, Jesus forgives me even when I struggle, like my sins are forgiven, my faith is in him. Like that was a, it was just a huge kind of turning point for me. Remember in scripture, looking at the book of Galatians was huge for me, just seeing how God deals with his people and sets us free, not back to a legalistic, judgmental type of hypocritical rule-based religion, but by grace and mercy, we find true peace with God through our faith in Jesus, man. And oh, it's just so freeing and liberating just to come to that point and and so my journey out of pornography to victory was really a process of time of God doing that work in me uh, in a way that I would not counsel anybody else to do in a relative isolation of just diving into these uh, podcasts and sermons and talks and books and stuff that I was reading. And looking back today, I've been walking in victory now for years on this and have no desire for it whatsoever. I'm so thankful that God has removed this completely. And um, looking back towards it, 2020 vision reverse, right? God's really showed me some sweet things because any sort of addictive behavior is always rooted in something in the heart, right? I don't care how you slice it, um, but it's always rooted with something in the heart. I know a lot of like childhood experiences and trauma and those sorts of things can can really play uh, or really affect some of that, make it really complex. But at the base, at the core level, dealing with heart root issues. And so what I learned about myself looking backwards is is growing up, I was like this super insecure dweeb type kid. <laughs> just was, I'm just saying, it just was. And thinking back about it now, just uh, trying to fit in, trying to be that kid that fit in everywhere and felt like I couldn't fit in. I wasn't in with the in crowd. I didn't feel like, and I sucked at sports, like just had a lot of insecurities. Didn't feel like I was, um, in with the in crowd at all. Didn't have attention of, of girls in in school or people like that, you know, at all. Just, man, just didn't feel attractive or anything like that, you know, super low self-esteem. And at some point, like when I was, uh, found more and more of that pornography, just in that you know, weird twisted way, right? That we're deceived into just felt like, okay, at least here in, in this twisted way, like I feel accepted and feeling that weird level of confidence in that behavior and stuff, even though it's twisted, even though it's messed up. And God showed me like, dang, dude, like that's, that's not how I made you to be. Um, and when I really understood, here's the other piece that was really hugely helpful for me, the image of God, the Bible talks about in Genesis chapter one that we are made in his image and his likeness. And when I understood the ramifications, like the significance of what that means, that we are made in his image, we bear his image. And so therefore, when we treat another with disrespect in the way that we look 
at another human being, male or female, in the way that then we think lustful thoughts about that male or female, and the way that we sexually act out, whether it's with ourselves, looking at an image on a screen, or whether it's physically with another person, like we are literally like desecrating, disrespecting that honorable image of God in that other being. And man, when, when I caught that and realized like, holy crap, like, that's what I'm doing, even even though I'm justifying it, that, oh, it's okay, nobody knows, and it's just an image on a screen or whatever. Uh, like, that's a real living person out there made in God's image that I'm disrespecting in this moment, and I'm disrespecting myself in this moment for how God has made me to be. And that was huge for me to come to that realization. Uh, and uh, looking back at, at these insecurities and seeing really my self-esteem um, fixed by looking at a God-centered perspective of who God made me to be in His image and who He made women to be in His image and who He had made my wife to be in His image and my responsibility and privilege to love her and honor her and cherish her and love her well. That was huge for me, just putting all that pieces of the puzzle together. And when you get to the root of it like that, and God's able to show you some of those lies and those deception, that, that twisted thinking that's down there at the base level, and that's able to get corrected. Uh, there was freedom, lasting freedom that has come as a result of that. So um, that's my story. Just have a desire to help other people out there. Uh, I know men and women alike struggle with, with pornography, with lust issues, with sexual temptation and triggers and all sorts of things. Uh, I've been influenced as well lately uh, in the last few years by not just ministries, but also like there's this new... It's not even faith-based, I don't believe, but a thing called Fight the New Drug. Maybe you've heard of it or not. If you haven't, just Google it, check out their stuff. They're sweet, and they're raising awareness, like I said, just from a non-faith-based perspective even, of like the dangers and destruction that pornography brings, and even the link that pornography has to the sex trafficking industry and all of that. Um, it's It's really super, super important. I love the work that they're doing. It's really helped solidify some things in my thinking as well on how we need to help more people out of pornography addiction, out of sexual lust addiction and struggles and these sorts of things. Because um, it's huge. It's it's huge today. I feel like in a lot of ways, it's the church's dirty little secret. Everybody's struggling with it, doesn't know how to get help. Nobody knows how to help each other. Um, sometimes like even in secular, when I say secular, just like non-faith-based backgrounds, you know, um, even they kind of trivialize pornography um, in a lot of ways, like, oh, if it's not hurting anybody and that sort of thing and actually being a healthy thing. And But, you know, if you, you do your research on it, it's destructive. It, it tears down relationships. It breaks down trust. It changes in a destructive way, even the way we think, the way that we look towards um, each other as human beings on this planet. Um, so it's just our desire, my desire, like with, with Choose Recovery, to share stories and not just with substance abuse massively we're going to deal with that we continue to talk about that we continue to raise awareness i'm in that world all the time and my other jobs uh that i do with the ministry with the transitional uh, ministry house called freedom house that i work at as well as with our church acts 247 recovery church substance abuse sure huge thing uh, childhood trauma everything that kind of ripples through that abuse that happens as a kid, um, other types of like food addiction, uh, gambling, uh, shopping addiction, these sorts of things, 
um, mental illness complicating all of this, but sexual addiction and pornography. It's one of those things as well that we want to highlight and I want to talk more about and maybe release some other designs in the future that will push that forward as well. So we can raise awareness for that, spread hope that there is hope over that. And so I hope like anybody listening out there to this, if you resonate with anything like that, always reach out to us, let us know. Uh, how you how you relate and how we can pray for you, how we can support you in that, any ideas that you have uh, about some of this, even designs we can do in the future, collaboration ideas, all of that. And most of all, if you need help, reach out to get the help because there's hope and there's help available. You can recover no matter what your struggle is. You can recover. You're the person out there that nobody else knows, the stigma, the shame that's around you of being fearful, like I was for many years to even talk about this openly. If that's you, man, just level with it. Be genuine. Own it. Own your crap. Own the junk. Reach out for help. Who cares what people think? Um, you owe it to yourself and to what God has created in you as, as his image bearer um, to realize like, man, Jesus died on the cross for that as well. And he can set you free. You can get hope. You can get help. Um, treatment, recovery, man, it's possible. So man or woman out there, whoever it is, like listening, hope you guys uh, are encouraged and challenged. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Once again, Derek, Choose Recovery, grace and peace. Tune in on whichever podcast platform works best for you. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, and YouTube. We are Choose Recovery. That's choose rcvry.com.